Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Story time. Believe it or not, I had a close you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm velour xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Encounter with what I can only describe as a leprechaun when I was a kid. I was out in the pasture just enjoying a leisurely day, playing around and soaking in the peacefulness of the setting sun. 
As it began to set, I decided it was time to head back home. As I started up the hill towards the house, something caught my eye. There was a small, leprechaun-like being sitting on the ground. I squinted, trying to make out the details in the dimming light, but it was undeniable, there was a little man, just sitting there on the ground. I stood there, frozen, simply staring at him. My mind was racing, trying to comprehend what my eyes were seeing. I was caught in this strange limbo between disbelief and fear, when suddenly my survival instincts kicked in. I turned and sprinted back to the house faster than I ever had before. The following day, curiosity got the better of me and I ventured back out to the spot where I had seen the peculiar figure. Sure enough, the grass was all flattened where the little man had been sitting, a silent testimony to the previous day's encounter. I have to clarify that his clothes weren't the stereotypical bright green you'd associate with leprechauns. However, using the term leprechaun was the easiest way to describe the being I saw. He was a small figure, sporting a beard and earth-toned clothes, and even had a small, pointy hat. That encounter remains one of the most surreal experiences of my life. I've had experiences that I can only attribute to gnomes, or at least, some otherworldly beings. It all began with a peculiar scream that I caught on camera. While my friend and I were walking, we didn't hear the scream with our ears, but when I reviewed the footage later, it was unmistakably there. We were in an isolated area, no animals or electronic devices that could have made that noise. The scream was unnaturally loud, something we should have heard if it was made by any known living creature. It left me with the unnerving thought that my camera had somehow captured the voice, or an EVP, of a creature from another dimension, perhaps a duende, or gnome, or some other fake creature. The place where I recorded the scream was a secluded, fenced-off garden area, known for its old trees. After that recording, strange occurrences started to unfold in my home. Invisible entities seemed to be obstructing my movements, preventing me from placing things on tables. It was uncanny, and I couldn't shake the feeling that the duendes had somehow followed me home. Months later, while I was out cycling, I captured a voice calling my name. Just like the scream, it was only audible when I reviewed the footage. I was convinced that the gnomes must have learned my name during their pranks at my home. After all, no one in the city knew my name, and there was no one around who could have called out to me. The odd experiences continued, and I've recorded other inexplicable voices, like a disembodied voice saying mommy, in the same garden where I'd caught the initial scream. I also captured a mysterious red orb hovering in the same area. The experiences were unnerving, yet fascinating. I couldn't help but continue exploring, driven by the curiosity of what I might encounter next in my encounters with these other dimensional beings. It was a day like any other in Wyoming. As a park ranger, my job was as routine as it came, patrolling, maintaining, and ensuring the safety of the park's wildlife and visitors. My name's Bernie, by the way. That evening, I decided to take a walk through a cornfield. I often went bow hunting in my free time, so naturally, I had my bow and arrows with me. 
The cornfield was silent except for the rustle of the corn stalks dancing in the breeze. The sun was setting, casting long, eerie shadows that blanketed the field. Suddenly, I felt an odd sensation, like I wasn't alone. It was a primal instinct, that gut feeling of being watched. As I turned around, I came face to face with a huge creature that towered over me. I gasped, my heart pounding in my chest. The creature stood upright, like a man but covered in thick, matted hair. Its eyes were intense, almost human. I realized then that I was looking at what can only be described as Bigfoot. Fear gripped me, but instinct took over. I reached for my bow and let an arrow fly. It struck the creature square in the chest. With a monstrous roar, it fell to the ground. Slowly, I approached the fallen beast, my heart hammering in my chest. But as I neared, the body just vanished. One moment it was there, the next it was as if it had never existed at all. Dumbfounded and terrified, I sprinted back home. My wife, seeing the ashen color of my face, commented that I looked as white as a cloud. I could barely stammer out what had happened. That evening changed me. Every rustle in the trees, every shadow in the field, I wondered if the creature was watching. Years ago, I experienced something that still haunts me to this day. At the time, I was dating my abusive ex, though I was still deeply in love with him. It's difficult to admit now, but back then, I couldn't see the reality of our relationship. One day, we were sitting together on a bench in Yellowstone National Park, and I found myself laying in his lap while he gently ran his hand through my hair. I remember looking up at him and noticing something strange, as if there were something else present with us. Suddenly, a piercing sound filled my ears, and for a brief moment, I saw a demonic face overlapping my exes. The demon had horns, and its flesh appeared rough, possibly burnt. Thick, gray smoke swirled around it. It was only for a moment, but I saw the demon laughing, and I got you kind of laugh. It was utterly chilling. I've never experienced anything supernatural before or since that incident, and I had never even believed in demons until then. I don't discuss this encounter with many people for obvious reasons, but the memory remains vivid. One day, years after the incident, I was hiking in a national park, and I met a park ranger named Tom. After chatting for a while and feeling a sense of trust, I decided to share my eerie story with him. To my surprise, Tom told me that he had heard of similar experiences from other people who had visited the park over the years. He revealed that some people believe the park was haunted by dark energies that could manifest themselves in various ways. Tom's knowledge of these stories brought me a strange sense of comfort, as it made me feel less alone in my experience. We continued to talk about the supernatural and shared other stories we had heard. By the end of our conversation, I felt a bond with Tom, and I was grateful to have met someone who could understand and validate what I had gone through. As I left the park that day, I couldn't help but wonder about the dark forces that might be lurking in the shadows, waiting to prey on unsuspecting victims. The park that I service gets little to no traffic anymore. Part of that is simply because of how small the town is. 
Another part of that is today's Americans just don't get out for the fresh air anymore. It's kind of sad, really. I see video games are the new fresh air of today, and tablets, and phones, and electronics. A lot of them involve getting out into the wild and enjoying fresh air and hunting and surviving. Nobody is really into that anymore. People would rather literally pay money for a simulation than they could just go out themselves and do it. And yet, even as little traffic as our park gets, I still find just enough litter to make me irritated. As if people get out into nature just long enough to ruin it for everyone else. I was cleaning up some wrappers off a park bench when, among them, I noticed something different. There was one of these corn husk dolls, the kind that are fashioned after the type that Native Americans used to make. It didn't have a face, just a blank knob for a head and four nubs for arms and legs. Cute and creepy, I thought to myself, until I noticed a small piece of paper rolled up and tucked into one of its folds. I enrolled it out of curiosity and it said, hello there. I smirked and threw it. After I was done picking up all the trash, I went back to my patrol car. When there was another corn doll stuck behind the handle of the door, it too had another message that it read, I said hello. I kind of prickled and looked around. As far as I could tell, I was the only person in the park and I hadn't seen or heard anyone. But then again, I was very absorbed in my work when I was picking up trash. It's possible that somebody was watching me and playing an elaborate prank just so they could do it for, you know, giggles. Still, I didn't like to think that somebody had gotten by me like that. I quickly got inside my car, shut the door, and no sooner had I done that, I noticed a third doll sitting on my steering wheel, also having another note that said, could you use a hand? I nearly soiled myself when something smacked into the windshield. It took a second to fully register, but I realized it was a severed arm in hand, cut off at the elbow. Immediately, I radioed out that we had something going on in the park, and the response came fairly quick, as you would suggest and expect. But I wasn't sure if it was soon enough to keep whoever this was inside the park. I brought everybody up to speed and there was a very thorough sweeping. They didn't find anything, no body, no killer, nothing, not even another doll. Forensics even did tests on the severed arm and unfortunately found that it belonged to a child that had been missing for over two months. The arm that hit my windshield is relatively fresh, so that meant the kid had died recently. The rest of the day kind of went by in a haze. I felt like a failure for not catching this monster, and all the moments that I could have when he was tampering with my car. Again, we never found anything, and the person was never caught. It's a mystery that will always be left as just that, a mystery. As a park ranger, I have seen a lot of odd things in my time. We get people that come out here for all sorts of reasons, especially in the camping area when it's off-season. I've stumbled across all sorts of weird stuff, but so long as that weird stuff is legal and consensual, if you get my drift, then that's up to them, no judgment. Most of them can't even look you in the eye the next morning, and we just have a small chuckle about that. As I said, if you are consenting adults, it's your own business. But one time, I came across something that ended up being a police investigation. You see, I was out and about performing one of the last evening patrols before heading home for the night. 
We had three tents booked in that night, and it was getting towards winter when the camping area would be closed. Two couples had appeared, and one family with a mother, dad, and two small babies. The tents were fairly spaced out, and just before midnight, everything was quiet. I just finished up, heading back to the office to sign off, when I saw a young girl, probably no older than 18, run past me. She was just in her underwear and from the quick flash I saw of her face before running off to the trees, she was terrified, all wide-eyed and mouth ready to scream. Immediately, I turned around, shining my flashlight in the direction she'd ran off to. There was nothing. I headed that way and looked all around, calling out even, nothing. I recalled the three ladies that were booked into the campsite. They were all older, the mom was likely in her later thirties, and the two women and the couples were around their mid-twenties, I would think. There was no good reason for a young girl to be running around in the dead of night when it was freezing cold. So, I went through protocol and alerted colleagues and police. They headed out and conducted a more thorough search, woke the campers who were not happy that the babies had been disturbed, but there was no trace, literally no trace. I'm talking zero footprints where I'd seen her, no apparent way in or out that showed any evidence somebody had even ran through here, and no reports of missing teen girls or bodies showing up. I was relieved but at the same time, not exactly sure what I saw. It did leave the question of, what the hell did I see, or did I possibly hallucinate it? I guess time will tell. So recently me, my wife and the rest of the family that lives with us have been hearing and are smelling strange sounds. At first, we thought it was the stray cats or raccoons, but then things started getting weirder. We started hearing sounds. Sometimes, it would be footsteps. Other times, we would hear knocking. We thought maybe we smoked a bit too much of the devil's lettuce, but everyone else in the house was also hearing these things. That's when the sounds started sounding like people talking to us, but the weird thing was it always sounds like they are incredibly far away. The most recent thing was the smell of a rotten corpse of some kind, but I couldn't for the life of me remember when I last smelled a corpse like that. The smell seemed almost intense as if it were right in front of me. I checked around our home and under it to make sure there were no dead animals. This happened at almost 12 at night when my wife and I were outside smoking. I had my brother come out and check, and even he agreed that it wasn't just me who smelled it he said it smells like a corpse of person. That's when I remembered why the smell seemed so familiar because a man had died a few years ago, and I remember how many times we walked by his corpse. They realized he died inside the wall, but I never forgot the smell it was a very horrid smell. Still, that smell only has happened once, and it hasn't come back that I know of. I'm usually one to think of scientific reasons. I ended up checking if any possible sewage had leaked from a pipe or if it came from our neighbor's home, but nothing seemed out of the ordinary. These weird happenings only seem to happen at night, and most of the people who live near us are usually asleep by 10 PM, and we stay up till about 12 or 1 in the morning. My neighbors have told me that on the few occasions they have been outside at that hour, they say they feel uncomfortable or they hear something, but they chalk up to maybe the random animals or them being tired. I'll post an update if anything significant happens.
I would also like any opinions or theories to know what it might be. In 2001, I was on the Navajo Reservation, where I had a mysterious encounter with a humanoid figure that bore a striking resemblance to the infamous Mothman. I, Jerry Garcia, was on duty with my partner when we spotted a white, human-like figure perched atop a mesa rock near Shiprock, New Mexico. The beam of our flashlight illuminated its skull-shaped head and enormous, glowing eyes. Its jaw was shrouded in long white hairs. The figure towered at 8 feet tall, with a wingspan of nearly 12 feet. As it launched itself into the sky, it took about three steps, gave a single flap of its wings, and soared over the horizon at a speed exceeding 80 miles per hour. I have to ask myself, what was this creature? Could it be another sighting of the Mothman, or something entirely different? The Navajo, one of the most recognized tribes in US history, inhabit these lands. Is it possible that our territories are home to a host of unknown, terrifying creatures that not only dwell in the forests but also in the remote regions? I invite you to share your thoughts on this incident below. Growing up, my parents filled my childhood with stories from their homeland, Jalisco, especially my father who would recount tales about his haunted childhood ranch. But it was a story from my maternal grandfather that sent shivers down my spine. You need to understand that my grandfather was quite the character in the 1920s and 30s. He was a renowned womanizer and had a reputation for being a bit too fond of his drink. One story he told involved a night filled with drinking and gambling. He was returning home, riding his horse under the cover of the midnight sky after a particularly indulgent evening. That's when he saw her, a woman bathing in a nearby stream, stark naked. The sight was alluring, to say the least. She had her back to him, and her long, dark hair cascaded down her back, covering her like a veil. Inebriated and emboldened, my grandfather approached her, reaching out to grab her hair. But as he did, she turned around, and what he saw sobered him up immediately. Instead of a woman's face, he was met with the terrifying sight of a dog's face, complete with glowing red eyes. The fear that gripped him was palpable, and without a second thought, he spurred his horse into a gallop, racing back home as fast as he could. He later told me that he had never been so scared in his life. Over the years, I've heard two other people recount eerily similar tales about their relatives encountering a mysterious, beautiful woman bathing alone at night. It was always the same, the woman's back to them, her naked form seeming to lure them in, only to reveal a horrifying truth. It was only later that I discovered that these encounters were not unique. In fact, this creature had a name, La Sawanaba, a legend known to frighten many who heard her tale. Her story, like my grandfather's, serves as a chilling reminder of the mysteries and dangers that lurk in the shadows of the night. I grew up in an almost 100-year-old house, and had gone back home after graduating college. One night I woke up to a dark figure next to my bed. I wasn't even scared because I immediately thought it was either one of my parents or my little brother waking me up for some reason. 
It was dark but it sort of looked like they were pointing toward my bedroom windows. But anyways I was like brother? No reply. Mom? No reply. At that point I was creeped out but thought someone may have slept walked into my room. A couple of my family members sometimes sleepwalk, which has always scared me anyway. So I reached out my hand to nudge them awake, and that was when I realized there wasn't actually a human person there. It was so shocking and terrifying, I actually screamed really loud, stumbled out of bed, ran out of my room as fast as I could, woke my little brother up and told him. It was a feeling of terror I had never experienced before and haven't since. And because I spent a good chunk of time trying to figure out which family member it was and generally not even being freaked out, I was convinced that it wasn't just me still half dreaming or something. This was 11 years ago, and with time I've convinced myself it was some kind of hallucination, but whatever it was, I will absolutely never forget it. As backstory, my parents told us that when they bought the house in 1995, the previous owners told them straight up that there were angels, friendly ghosts was what they were suggesting, who lived in the house, notably on the third floor, two bedrooms. My sighting was on the second floor, but both of my siblings whose rooms were on the third floor had had multiple experiences, and even my dad, who is one of the most rational people I have ever met in my life, says he's 100% seen figures out of the corner of his eyes and heard weird shit. However, I had lived in the house since I was five, and up until this point I never had had any experience, so I just thought it was all bullshit until then. A couple days later, my uncle came into town for my graduation party and stayed in one of the now vacant bedrooms on the third floor, and maintains to this day that the bedroom door shut on its own and something was physically holding it shut so he couldn't get out. Crazy shit man. A couple years later, I had two separate terrifying experiences while dog sitting for a neighbor on our block, but I didn't actually see anything. Coincidentally, one of my friends from grade school had lived in that house a long time beforehand, and I remembered him having told stories when we were kids that his oldest sister had done some creepy ghost sighting s when she was really little. There was a specific story about his mom giving her a bath, and she wouldn't stop staring at the ceiling upward. His mom asked her what she was staring at, and she said the lady. His mom grabbed her and straight up ran out of the house. Anyways, I remembered that family had lived there, but honestly hadn't even thought about the ghost stories when I started dog sitting. The first experience, I had been out of the house, came back, and their dog wasn't at the door. She started barking as soon as she heard me come in, and it was coming from upstairs. I went up and she was trapped in the master bathroom. It was one of those old school bathrooms with two entrances, one from the hallway, and one from the master bed, and both doors were closed. Obviously I hadn't left her up there or anywhere near there. It was weird and super creepy. Maybe a night or two later, I woke up in the middle of the night to voices, and was obviously absolutely terrified, like fully frozen for a while until I realized it was a speaker. Went into the master bedroom and there was just a speaker, on, playing shit. Even though I was supposed to sleep there and house sit the whole time they were out of town, I went home immediately after that and only came back during the day for the rest of the time they were out of town.
I saw a patient that didn't exist I don't know how this happened. I'm still perplexed by it five years later. I was starting out in practice as a healthcare provider in a private practice. Our practice had set up cameras to monitor front desk activity slash outside slash hallway for security and emergency reasons as we are in a large metro area with moderate to high crime rate. So, utilizing a very well-known yellow booking software, some will know, I received an appointment request. The appointment request had no insurance listed only a name. For the sake of HIPAA, OVS I won't be saying the name slash sex slash gender of the individual, let's say it's JD for short. The appointment is never confirmed via phone and JD had an international. JD shows up and for the most part it was a standard visit. Normal workup etc. Think of it as an annual physical but without abnormalities. I did my usual banter what do you do for work? Where are you from? etc. They were pretty brunt slash short in answering and again given the location where the practice was I was not taken aback. I will say, I was confused about the lack of accent this individual had. It seemed pretty standard for the area yet where they claimed to be from. There were no distinctive markings or features other than the person's height which was well above average for either sex, e taller than average cis male slash male at birth or cis female slash female at birth, the appointment ends. They pay in cash and make no follow up, the standard don't call me I'll call you. The day was pretty busy so I wasn't able to do the note then and there. So at the end of the day, I sat down to do my notes and noticed that JD was not in the note tally, meaning there was one patient missing from the total, so I checked the system thinking that the FD might have forgotten since it's a cash note. These tend to not be as pressing to smaller practices as they do not need to submit this to insurance companies for reimbursement. The appointment was not there so I decided to check the booking app to pull their info. The appointment was not there either. So I asked the front desk what happened, they said they didn't know what who I was referring to. We had seen over 50 people collectively that day so I let it slide. I did the note but did not add any info other than the one told me by the patient and I made note of the international number but couldn't remember the code. Flash forward to 2-3 days later. I was still thinking about the situation and remembered the cameras. I told the front desk to look at the video with me, I needed to know I wasn't crazy, and to my astonishment there clear as day is the patient talking to me in the hallway and checking out in the FD, with the FD writing the transaction on both the cash ledger and the digital ledger. Needless to say all three of us were and still are confused. The FD did some snooping, as young people do, found no record of anything or anybody by what they thought was their name. We called the booking company and nobody had even made an appointment for that day, at least under my profile. How did the appointment disappear from both out EHR and the booking software? I'm still rattling my brain over this. Any takers for explaining this? Is this a glitch? When I was 19, I lived in an apartment with my family that was, for lack of a better term, haunted. It wasn't the traditional haunting one might imagine with flickering lights or rattling chains. Instead, we had a shadowy entity that seemed to feed on our fear. My younger brother was the first to witness it. 
He described it as a pitch black cloud that flew in through his window, bringing with it an overwhelming sense of dread. Terrified, he watched as it whirled down the hallway and into my room. His protective instincts kicked in and he bolted after it, desperate to protect me from whatever this thing was. Now, you have to understand, by this point I had been receiving nightly visits from this entity. Every night, it seemed to feed off my fear, growing stronger and more ominous. Despite the terror it induced, I was getting weary of being its nightly snack. The night my brother saw it, I had reached my breaking point. As it entered my room, I forced myself to face it head on, to confront this thing that had been tormenting me. It was a swirling mass of inky blackness, like a smoky static that seemed to absorb all light. It was darker than the darkest corners of the room, a void that seemed to pulsate with menace. I caught a glimpse of it, a momentary stare down between us, just as my brother burst into my room. From that night on, I resolved to stand up to this entity. It was a haunting experience, one that I would never forget, but it also taught me a lesson about confronting my fears. I was around 7 or 8 years old when this happened. I was playing in my grandmother's backyard with my cousin and he decided to go inside for a bathroom break. Of course, this happened while he was gone so no one else that I know witnessed it. My grandmother had a huge swing set with a slide that was pretty high up and I was about to go down the slide while I was waiting for my cousin to come back. But something caught my eye above the houses in front of my grandmother's house. It wasn't very high up in the sky but it was probably about 20 or so feet above me. It was a ball coming my way, can't say how big but considering it was high off the ground and I was still able to make out some details on it, it could have been the size of a tire maybe or a little smaller? I was just waiting for it to fall. But it just kept getting closer and rolling in mid-air. As it got closer to right above me, I was able to see what looked like threads hanging off of it as if it was made of leather and ripped open a bit. It just kept rolling and never fell. Just slowly rotating in the air while passing above me. I could only tell it was rolling in the air because of the opening and the threads hanging out of it were only on one side. I was able to watch it until I could no longer see it in the distance. I remember being so confused and thinking what the hell is that? I was a little unsettled watching it. Maybe because I had no idea what it could be and how it was just able to stay in the air. To this day, I still can't quite put my finger on what it could be that I saw, and came here to see if anyone has ever experienced anything similar and knew what it was. This happened in Southern California if that helps any. Thanks for reading and I'd love to hear anyone's idea on what this object could have been. My grandma used to tell me one of her little brothers was always kidnapped by dwarfs. She said she never saw them, but her brother often spoke of them, and how naked little kids were always calling and waving at him, asking to join them. Eventually, some other adult got involved and told my grandmother's grandma to make the boy poop in the middle of the front yard, which is where he allegedly always saw them. Apparently dwarfs love cleanliness and are easily disgusted, and it worked because he never saw them again. I'm from Panama by the way. And my grandmother used to live in Darien, where her family has a big finca. 
This would have happened in the late 30s. Anyway, when I was in elementary school, my school was in the middle of this. I don't know how to say it, but it was a decent neighborhood, except behind it there was a stream and a fair amount of flora and fauna. A small woods, if you will. I swear I saw them playing near the stream, naked. I never saw them call to me at all, but I do remember distinctly seeing them several times in a space of a week. My parents told me I was just seeing things, but I think my friends saw them too, because I remember we would all avoid going to the area where you could see through the gate to where the stream won. My grandma told me this story about Shinex. Her mom, my great-grandmother, and her brother used to go to the river to do the laundry. She used to leave the boy on a hammock while she was busy. One day the boy began to walk into the sugar cane plantations that were next to the river, when his mom realized and dragged him out he was saying that some kids were offering him papaya. She told him that they were alone there and there was no one else nearby. She put him on the hammock and continued doing the laundry but the boy kept going into the cane plantation. This situation repeated many times. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But the last time she realized the boy wasn't there, she ran into the plantation and found him. She scolded him and he was swearing again that some kids were offering him papaya. When she looked up she could see the canes moving like if three people running between them. She got scared and the left suddenly. Days after talking with other people they told her that those kids could have been Shinex that were trying to steal her kids so she never brought him back to the river some days when she was there alone someone would throw her pebbles while she was distracted. I was sleeping in my studio and suddenly darted awake, fully alert, almost instinctual. A deep sense of dread and anxiety came over me as soon as I awoke, and a feeling of a presence was in my kitchen 20 feet away. It was a completely new and isolated experience, this has never happened to me. I mean I shot up awake and felt deep dread like a draining presence. It was like a totally different sense was activated, honestly chilling. It wasn't from a nightmare, I didn't see or hear anything, I don't have depression or anxiety, nothing that would rationalize this experience. So anyways I'm looking at the kitchen and sensing something and feeling a level of dread and anxiety I have never ever felt in my life, so I call my dog on the bed and hug him and try to block it out, I ask him to please protect me, be my guardian, and I buried my head into him just wanting this to pass. Nothing has happened since. Until. Several months later my best friend dog sits for me, lives in my studio for a week. Fast forward another couple months, and she hears my original story for the first time. She tells me while she dog sat, she had that same experience. 
a sudden wake up on high alert and scared, anxious, and feeling something in the kitchen. I thought that was really trippy and profound, and confirms I wasn't crazy. What was it? What did it want? Did it wake me, or did my own senses protect me? Did something else protect me? It's so interesting. And I wonder if any other have had stories similar to this. By the way, my dog was chillin', thank God. I would have been even more freaked out if he sensed the presence. From my early childhood through my late teens, I lived with a trio of shadowy figures that trailed me like spectral companions. Three ethereal entities, each with its own distinct form and presence, and each tied to a specific location or time of day. The first was a woman shrouded in a cape. She was the night visitor, materializing only when I was asleep. She would stand at the foot of my bed, silent and still. Her presence was unnerving, but she never did anything more than stand there, watching me from the shadows. The sight of her was a nocturnal constant, a ghostly figure looming in the darkness of my room. The second was a childlike figure that haunted our backyard, always hiding behind the starfruit tree. This one only appeared while I was cooking in our kitchen late at night. I would glance out the window and see it there, standing still and staring at me. It was a creepy sight, a small figure illuminated by the faint moonlight, always watching, never moving. The last one was the most bizarre, a man without a torso, who seemed to hover around as if gravity didn't apply to him. He wasn't bound by the rules of the other two. He would follow me in broad daylight, appearing suddenly in the most unexpected places. He was a constant reminder of this spectral trio's presence, a haunting figure that seemed to linger in my peripheral vision no matter where I was or what time of day it was. These three figures were my constant companions for many years, a trinity of shadows that seemed inextricably tied to my existence. Their presence was unsettling, yet over the years, I came to accept them as a part of my life. Their motives, their origins, their true nature, all remain a mystery to me. But they were a part of my world, a spectral triad that shadowed my every step from childhood to adulthood. In May 2021, I took a trip to New Orleans, a city famous for its rich history and tales of the supernatural. We stayed at an Airbnb, a comfortable place that felt welcoming, if not a little old. One night, I woke up abruptly from a deep sleep, my gaze instinctively drawn to the bathroom. A peculiar certainty washed over me, there was someone in the bathroom. I squinted into the semi-darkness, my vision blurred without my glasses. I could discern the shape of a man, standing eerily in the bathtub, his back turned to me. I blinked, rubbed my eyes, but the figure remained. I felt an icy chill run down my spine, but eventually, sleep reclaimed me. On the day of our departure, all of us left the Airbnb, except for one girl from our group who had a later flight. Later, she confided in us about a strange experience she had after we left. She heard the sound of footsteps echoing down the hallway, and then, a whisper, as soft as the rustling of leaves, slave. Intrigued and disturbed, she researched the history of the area where our Airbnb was located. To her surprise and horror, 
she discovered that the site was once a bustling slave trading post. The realization struck us all with a sense of dread and melancholy, a ghostly echo from the past intruding into our present. The haunting memories of our stay in that Airbnb lingered long after our trip, a chilling reminder of New Orleans' spectral past. The city, rich with history, had shared with us a glimpse into its dark past, a tale of sorrow and injustice that time had failed to erase. I was on a weekend canoeing trip for rest and relaxation in a remote area of Rough River State Park, Kentucky. The date was June 24, 2003. Strangely, I felt queasy and anxious for some unknown reason, as if I had something to fear. Heeding these sensations, I was extremely cautious on the river. After several miles, I paddled the canoe to the riverbank and tied it off to a tree. I got out to explore the area. Looking 8-10 feet downstream, I spotted what looked like the top of a gray clay jar peeking out of the water. My first thoughts were that I might have found a native people's artifact. I started down the bank toward the creek, which was extremely slippery with mud. I stopped just short of the water and very close to the old earthenware pot. It was more like a clay crock, and I soon realized that it probably wasn't very old. I poked at it and noticed there were small handprints on it. I thought they could have been raccoon prints, but they were more like little human handprints, about an inch wide. I tried to pry the thing loose using a stick, but suddenly heard a noise. I heard what sounded like children laughing in the distance. The sound was coming from downstream. When I managed to pull the crock jar out of the mud, something let out a scream. It sounded like a little girl, very high-pitched and loud. Not knowing what to do, I grabbed the jar and began to scramble up the muddy bank. Glancing back, I thought I saw something move along the creek. I stopped and sat at the top of the bank for a moment, looking at the jar, trying to comprehend the handprints. After a few minutes, I laid the crock down, got up, and walked along the creek, stopping every once in a while to peek through the bushes to see if anybody was there. At one point, I looked over the bank and noticed two little people standing about one foot tall. They had pale skins, little brown leather pants held up by suspenders, no shirts, and little pointy hats made of what looked like leather. They had leather foot coverings that went up past the ankle. Their hair was reddish in color and their eyes blue. Their hands were only about an inch wide. They knew I was watching but they continued their task of pulling some kind of wooden stump down the muddy creek bank with long leather ropes or strings. These little men were surprisingly clean, for the work they were doing. I then heard a thump back where I first had gone in the creek. I looked back and there were three more of the little men, exactly like the first two. They had pushed the crock jar back down the bank. They were all laughing, high-pitched laughter, like a bunch of kids. I then heard a loud snap, and they were all gone. Their footprints were plainly visible in the mud, but they were gone, along with the crock jar and the wooden stump. They had vanished in a split second. I walked around in an attempt to pick up a trail, but to no avail. I continued my trip with no other incidents. This incident happened back in 1995 when I was 15 years old. It was very horrible. 
I witnessed two guys that may have been like government agents or some other secretive governmental agents. They kidnapped my dad and left someone in his place that looked just like him. I later found out that the person left behind was a reptilian cloaked as a human. This person became rather rude to me as time went on. However, he talked with me and he could even heal with his bare hands. He told me that we humans were looked down upon as sheep, etc. And he knew I had witnessed the two agents kidnapping my dad and he said I was next. I became very scared. He had me taken to a place against my will and met with what looked like a special forces group who forced me to sign paperwork against my will and the guy who looked identical to my dad was standing there. I was spying on him one night and saw what looked like a snake's tongue come out of his mouth. I later discovered he was a reptilian. A very short human who looked like a midget was helping him. I think he was a grey cloaked human. I heard them talk in English but then started talking in alien lingo which sounded kind of far eastern. Yes, I am here to tell you they can cloak and simulate our world undercover. My real dad, the one I saw whisked away, was retired military and I often suspected him of doing something or being involved with the government or doing something secretive that may have led to all this happening to me. I also found implants that feel like something under my skin. One was an upside down triangle or diamond shape. They also stabbed me and then heated me with their eyes which left a very weird scar on my leg. I never told anyone as I was so scared of how these entities seemed to be able to operate with impunity and like nothing could stop them. They also conducted very horrible activities and what seemed like mental brainwashing experiments on me. After all these years, I'm still scared to this day. But I believe it was time to come forward. I just wonder what happened to my real dad. My family and I had decided to take a trip to New Orleans, the city of jazz, voodoo, and legends. We checked into an old, historic hotel in the heart of the city, excited to experience the unique atmosphere that surrounded us. One night, after a day of exploring the city, my dad and I settled into bed, the room enveloped in darkness. The only light seeping in was from the lamp posts outside, casting eerie, dancing shadows on the walls. My dad was already sound asleep, his steady breathing a comforting presence in the room. I lay facing his back, my thoughts meandering through the events of the day. Restless, I rolled over to face the other side of the room. That's when I saw it, a shadowy figure of a man wearing a hat and a long coat, clutching a briefcase. I strained my eyes, but his face remained indiscernible as if he were an outline or a shadow, rather than a physical presence. He just stood there, still and silent, an eerie sentinel in the dark. Panic surged through me, and I wondered if I was experiencing sleep paralysis. But as I shifted my body, blinked my eyes, I realized I could still move. My heart raced, my mind grasping for an explanation. Was it a trick of the light? A figment of my imagination? The figure remained, an unwelcome intruder in the room. I never experienced anything like that again, but the memory of that night in New Orleans has lingered, a chilling reminder of the unknown. I've shared my story, curious to know if others have encountered something similar. What was it that I saw that night, a specter from the past or just a figment of my imagination? 
The answer remains shrouded in mystery. The day after my girlfriend and I saw the Mothman prophecies in the movie theater, we found ourselves driving up a road situated in the middle of Jefferson City, Missouri. The movie was still fresh in our minds, and we couldn't help but feel a bit on edge. As we made our way up the big hill on Southwest Boulevard, an unexpected event took place. Out of nowhere, a bird-like creature that bore an uncanny resemblance to the one from the movie suddenly bounced off my windshield. The impact startled both of us, and I remember thinking that I had never seen anything quite like it before. Right when the creature hit my windshield, my girlfriend cried out, Whoa! The first thing that crossed my mind was how much it reminded me of the bird-like thing from the movie. Just as I was thinking that, my girlfriend said, that looked like the thing in the Mothman prophecies. Though it wasn't the seven-foot humanoid creature with red eyes and wings that the movie depicted, it still left us feeling uneasy. I couldn't bring myself to look back and see what happened to whatever it was that hit the windshield, nor did I have the nerve to stop and investigate. Maybe I was too freaked out, or perhaps I was worried about what I might find. To this day, I still wonder about that peculiar sighting in Jefferson City, Missouri. Whether it was a mere coincidence or something more inexplicable, the experience remains etched in my memory, serving as a reminder that there are still mysteries in this world that defy explanation. So, this guy had been abused as a child by his uncle. When he started talking about him, sober, his face would scrunch up, he would talk through his teeth like hissing like, spitting as he talked. He would only do this sober. When he was high he didn't care anymore. That was the point of the drugs. One night we were having a hard time getting drugs. We hadn't had any since the day before, so quite sober for the two of us. This is the guy who threw me through a closet door just a few weeks prior. He was violent, yelled, name called, he hurt me a few times pretty good. But I was really messed up back then. It had already gotten to the point where I knew the end was near. It was time for me to get my life together, and certainly time for me to get away from that a hole. I was standing on the edge of the cliff just about to jump. Then that night when he realized no one had any dope and he wasn't going to get any he started talking about his uncle. We were sitting in the bed facing the TV at the foot of the bed, so I was turning my head to the right looking at him as he talked. It started calm, and quickly escalated into the spitting angry talk. He started hitting the bed in front of him with his fist as he raged, and I was terrified to look at him. I stared forward for what seemed like forever. Then for whatever reason I turned to look at him, and I saw exactly as you described. It was like a face over a face, or a face behind a face, and it wasn't human and it wasn't good. I can't put into words the terror. It consumed my whole body. I've never felt that level of fear, and I hope I never do again. I jumped up from that bed and ran. I had a bicycle sitting outside on the porch. I grabbed that friggin' bike and mounted it in the front yard and pedaled into the street. I could hear him busting through the front door in his footsteps as he started running after me. He yelled at me, I swear to God I'm going to beat the F out of you when I catch you. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, and he growled as he ran after me. 
There was that moment when I didn't have the bike going fast yet and was still accelerating and he almost caught up, then I reached speed and left him behind. I was praying that my bike chain held on, it liked to fall off if I tried to accelerate too fast. Somehow it didn't fail me. I made arrangements for inpatient rehab that weekend. They had a bed open up the following Monday and I've been sober ever since. That was May of 2006. I've told the devil face story many times since then. I know what I saw. It was pure evil and I don't need any more convincing that evil can possess people. He definitely was. I probably was too. The devil loves chaos. And despair, fear, anger, violence, you get the picture. I choose today to distance myself from anything that resembles any of that. Thanks for the reminder. I haven't thought about him for a while. I need to be reminded. The devil is real. And I have a choice where I want to go. If I follow the rules I get the good stuff, and if I don't, well. I've seen a glimpse of it, and no, thank you. When my dad was a kid, he and my grandpa went to my grandpa's land to prepare the soil for planting crops. Bored, my dad wandered off to a nearby stream where he saw a bunch of human-like dolls playing around in the water. He said they looked like adults, only smaller. With proportions like dolls, not sure what exactly that means. They splashed around in the water and at times it looked like they were even walking on it. They signaled at him to come and play with them and my dad ran over excitedly. He said he played with them for a while when my grandpa noticed that he had wandered off and went to find him. When my grandpa found my dad seemingly playing alone by the stream, getting all wet, he got super mad and dragged him away. Apparently, my grandpa and grandma were never able to the duendes whenever my dad would point them out. My dad still recalls looking back while my grandpa yanked him away and seeing the duendes waving goodbye at him. After that, my dad started seeing the duendes around the house. They'd pop out from behind walls during dinner and my dad would try to feed them scraps of food, much to my grandparents' annoyance. Eventually they got worried and took him to a local curandera. She did a little ritual and told him to keep a cigarette behind his ear for a week. And then, the duendes were gone. He never saw them again. My dad swears it's all true, even though no one believes him and he's embarrassed about even telling the story. The only reason he told me it was because my mom teased him about it the other day and I forced it out of him. I love these kinds of stories and really wanted to share. If you have any duende stories please share. I'd love to hear them. My aunts and uncles say duendes aren't always so friendly and told me some other creepy stories about them. I've woken up a few times in the middle of the night for no reason with my heart racing. There's no feeling of dread though. Prior to this I was being woken up by something actually making noises to wake me up. The first time was when I was sleeping and I started hearing something tapping on my metal bed frame. I woke up but hadn't opened my eyes or moved yet and I heard what sounded like a coin or something metal tapping my bed frame on what I think was the leg closest to my head to the left of the bed. It went something like tap tap, tap tap tap, pause, tap tap, tap tap, it was definitely not rhythmic and like it was intentional. Something was trying to wake me up. 
I sat up in bed and it stopped. Another night I heard something tapping on my glass vanity table. Like it picked something up from my table and started tapping. As soon as I moved it stopped. This was actually my childhood home that I moved back into with my family and my parents moved to the house next door. It was never haunted as a child. I had just moved into this house from a house next door, that my parents owned, and that house was haunted. Did it follow me to the house next door? I don't know. But one night after the fifth time of waking up for no reason and my heart racing I did something, this might sound odd, but this is what I experienced. I don't know why I did this, but I imagine I had a bright, white light of protection in my center that grew around me. I imagined it getting bigger, and bigger and pushing anything, entity, away. I think I made this protection field expand and encompass my house. When I did this I felt such peace. The feeling I felt was indescribable. I felt light, warm, peaceful, not scared and drifted off to sleep in a couple minutes whereas before when I would wake up like this it would take me hours to calm down and go back to sleep. If somebody would have told me this story of the protective white light I would most likely be skeptical because I've never heard of it. I googled protective white light, and it's actually a thing. I don't know what made me do that, but it helped. By the way, this is just a small portion of what's happened to me. When I lived in the other house, a whole lot of stuff happened. I have a chilling story to tell you. It all starts back in the 1986 or 1987 Pennsylvania bow season. I've been after a big buck all season, maybe a 185-190 class buck. Walking the creek bottom for some time in the hemlocks and it was getting dark in them, so I made it to a clearing about half a mile. I saw a few deer, and a couple small bucks, not what I was looking for. I was walking back to my truck, next to a farm, and I had a feeling that something wasn't right, so I turned around and I thought, there's a bear there about 8 yards from me. I was standing along a cornfield and it was in the cut oats field I had the wind in my face. That's when I knew something was in the field. The animal stood up and started to walk toward me. It was about 35 or 40 yards from me now. I said out loud, do not make me use this bow. It stopped, turned around, and walked away from me. It looked like a large logger and it walked in the cut oats field, then in the tall field of corn. I did not let the grass grow under my feet. The next day I went back to the spot where he was in the cutouts. I could not walk in the tracks and where it enters the core was 9 feet tall so that made him 8 feet tall and smaller than the corn. P.S. When I got home, my wife said I was white as a cloud and my eyes were as big as a plate. I was walking the dog around my Pembroke Pines, Florida neighborhood and came around a curve in the sidewalk street. I noticed something unusual and stopped walking, staring at it, trying to figure out exactly what I was seeing. The dog seemed more annoyed I'd made him stop. He did not bark or react in any way. There was a figure ahead of me, about 30 feet away, standing in the swale area, between the sidewalk and the street. It was not facing me. It was skeletal thin or bony, taller than my 5 feet 3 frame, with white or light grayish skin, and no hair. 
there was something blue near its left ear? At first, I thought maybe it was a spiritual type of being but clearly was not human. It sensed I was staring at it, looked over its right shoulder, looked at me, and then looked down at the dog. Then it suddenly started to run, into the middle of the street, and then down the street into the next block. Its knees were backward. As it ran, it began to gradually fade, like the edges were the only part of it that I could see. It was glimmering and fading until I couldn't see it anymore. A friend suggested it sounded like an insect-type alien or praying mantis alien. I'm in my late 50s. I don't drink or get stoned, and this is not a Halloween prank. I would really love to know if anyone knows what this might be. There is this thing that has been seen on Palm Island, Florida for decades. It's just one of the many evil, scary things that are there and shows itself when it wants to. Well, this one particular thing is pure evil. It shows itself to people, wearing a dark trench coat. Not many have seen its face, but my brothers have. It follows them throughout the community, always at night. Always wearing the coat. You see, on Palm Island, if you want to go somewhere, you just walk. No matter what the time is, if you want to get home you just walk. And the streets are pitch black, with no street lights. So it would follow them. This thing is huge, bigger than any man, and scary as heck. It would always keep the same distance behind them and in the darkness of the night, all they would hear is the sound of its hoof walking on the road. When they'd make it home it would torment them all night. Running on the roof or banging on the walls and under the house. Then when they are asleep it shows itself to them in its true form. It comes to them in their nightmares. My brothers all described it the same way. It looks like the thing from Jeepers Creepers. Mind you it's been after them way before the movie came out. It's big with this monstrous face, uglier and more grotesque than you can imagine. It's got hooves, long claw-like fingers, and enormous wings which it uses to chase them. Every time it's chased them it's always caught them. My brother said he even tried in a nightmare to jump off a cliff. He said he'd rather die than let it take him but as he jumped off the cliff and as it was falling all he could hear was the sound of wings. All of my brothers see this thing and have been for decades now. It stands up in the darkness holding a rope, trying to make them commit you know what, and other times it's tormenting them to a point where they can't sleep. If they do it goes to them in their dreams. I know my brothers are not the only ones on Palm Island that see it. This thing just roams around Palm Island freely. Several years ago I believe I had an encounter with a small humanoid or juvenile Sasquatch. I can't say for sure due to the lack of visuals. It was fairly late in the evening I'd say around 9.30. I don't know the month or year anymore but it was at least 10 years ago and the weather was cool. Maybe early spring. I was working on cleaning up the property. I buy and recondition old items to sell. So I'm always cleaning up a mess. As usual, I was also in a hurry. It was dark and I was following a route in the yard I knew in the dark. After several trips putting trash in cans and putting things away I tripped over a stack of two tires. The trouble was I knew immediately those tires had been moved from a previous spot a couple of feet away. 
I busted my ass. After I hit the ground I just paused and slowly sat up and leaned back with the top of my head resting on the back of an old Ford pickup. At that point, I looked down the side of another old Ford that was right behind the one I was leaning my head on. As I was looking I was staring across the street neighbor's outside light. It was angled so that it would shine right in my eyes from where I sat. As I did this a small hairy head popped out from behind the truck behind the one I was leaning on. I could only see a profile due to the lights but it was hairy. If it was proportional it was short. I could have sworn I saw it shake as if silently laughing. Then poof, gone. I just sat there and out loud in a normal voice said, no way. That was the only visual I had and as I said it was limited. I've had smells that were horrible drift by once in a while. Rocks are tossed onto metal roofs. Nights where I know I'm being watched. Slaps on my house were heard by my girlfriend while I was out of town. Slaps on my neighbor's house. I live in Royce City, Texas. I'm not way out in the boonies, but not in town either. We are just east of Dallas, Texas. We are near the Trinity River Valley. If they are anywhere they are there. Maybe you have other reports from this area from several years ago. Just glad to tell someone. I am from Waterville, Maine. Back in the late summer, or early fall of 1971, I was newly married and living in Colleen, Texas with my husband who was in the US Army. We had a small duplex apartment in Colleen. One night he had duty and I was home alone in bed around 3 am in the morning. I woke up suddenly and saw a black figure standing at the bottom of my bed. It was 8 or 9 feet tall and had huge big black wings and red eyes. I closed my eyes and opened them again and it had moved closer to me on the right side of my bed. I couldn't scream. It was as if I was frozen in fear. I covered my head in the blankets. I was so afraid. About 5 minutes later I looked and it was gone. It gave me a horrible feeling and I prayed never to see it again. Shortly after this event, I came back to Maine as I was way too frightened to ever stay alone at night when he was on duty. I told my mom I had seen a huge black angel that night and she was glad I came home as that didn't sound good. I had never heard of the Mothman but a few years later I came across an article and a drawing of one. Even before I read the article I said wow. That is exactly what I saw in Texas. It didn't have a noticeable neck and its face was hooded, its wings tucked in on its side but you could tell they were very large. It was totally black except the eyes were round large, and red. I still think of this thing with fear. Personally, do you have any idea what it is? I'm 57 now and I am still searching for an answer. P.S. The apartment I lived in had a well in the entranceway that always gave me the creeps. A cistern I believe it is called. Just a flat rock covered it and it still had water in it. I couldn't see the water but I heard the plop when I dropped a rock in it. This probably has nothing to do with any of this but felt I should tell you anyways. <laughs>